it's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Cofield and Company, hour number two. You heard it. Reno's in. Vegas is here. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. The company is wrapping up. What was, I thought, a really good Super Bowl. Had some controversy, uh, interesting performances at the half and before the game. Commercials, we'll probably get into the commercials a lot more tomorrow, but a lot to get to. Um, in the end, who did we all pick? Just give me a reminder. Chiefs? What was our pick before the game? Chiefs. I did Eagles first half, Chiefs money line. All right, good bet. Yesterday, that's what I gave out on our Super Bowl show, and that's what I bet. Nice. Yeah, I did lose with the under, though. I have to say that I lost with the other. Did you tweet it, Adam, that you picked the Chiefs? That's in the special section. Ooh, so you can't delete it. Yeah. No. And that was my pick Uh-oh. in the in the my pick was Chiefs by three, but it, again it was twenty seven twenty four in the RJ. You were invited to that? First time in I think a long oh, time. Wow. Since Matt Humans was over there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Adam's kept me out long enough. He finally said, let him in. He's very influential over there. He's a gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah I, I had uh I had I mean, it was a line I just stole from other people, but I used it all week last week. Best player in the game beats the best team in the game, and Andy Reid schools his student. Hmm. Did you My over- score was a little low because I went 27-23. Chiefs. Yeah, so I was right there. 27, little did I you expected have, more field goals. Did you have overall winning day? You know what? Uh, that's a complete waste of time to talk about because <laughs> I know John was getting really mad last week, Von Tobel, about me asking everyone how many bets they were going to have in. Um well, one, there was a little issue with one of the sports books online. But two, um, I got seated at a table. It was a wonderful setup. Awesome. Had a great time. The older lady next to me decided to talk to me for an hour. Oh. My plan was from two until three to scroll through and fade all the popular bets. And it was like I'd, I'd get through like three minutes and I'd have some stuff. And then like she just wouldn't stop. Wait, my mom was there? Huh. Just stop. I, I, I have so the I tradition. Nothing in. I have the tradition of going to a Superbook every year, Saturday mm-hmm. night at around 1.30 in the morning. They always stay open until yeah. 3 and go through and kind of hit some of the late numbers and do that. So I had a huge stack of tickets yesterday. Um, I had I was big cheese, big over, so I did really well. And props, I was awful. I had like every Kenneth Gainwell prop there was, <laughs> and he played so much. Yeah. And he wasn't hitting his numbers. It was crazy how involved he was. And Kenneth Gainwell, first touchdown. Yikes! Gets gets counts oh. and then take oh, taken off the board. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Gainwell anytime touchdown. Yikes! Uh, that was rough, but um, <clears throat> made up for it with a uh, postseason fantasy league. Which wow, that was fun. Uh, so that was good. But yeah, prop wise, I was awful yesterday. You brought up the JVT conversation about tickets, and I told you last week that this will be the first year I wasn't really into, but so I wasn't going to have as many as I normally do. And I think there was seven or eight, but based off of what I put in, 18.8 return on investment, not bad, 18.8% winnings. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. Willie's question of the day coming out for The Big Four at Four. Whose championship parade will be better, Aces or Chiefs? <laughs> But ha ha ha, Willie, stop. Yeah. It's not going to be better than the Aces. 
What does better mean? What does better mean? Turnout? Uh, it's probably going to be a million plus in Kansas yeah. City. And I like the way care. I like the way that the Aces managed it. But it was probably 5,000 people, but they confined it to a good area. I'm not you, talking about the turnout or the or the Las Vegas Bowl. I'm talking about Kelsey Plum with a cigar dropping F-bombs, live TV. I'm guessing that Jason Kelsey sure. will be pretty good. Um, I'm guessing the Chiefs. You're right. Travis, that, that, is a, that was a high standard. And here's a great, the, the great thing on social media when we read about the parade, there might be some Chiefs haters, uh, but it won't be just a flood of woman haters, which when you read the thread for the Aces parade, that's like all it became was just, you know, Joe Sixpack saying he's a better basketball player. It's not just the parade of the people and where they're doing it. You know, yeah, they just did it, what? Whose um, championship um, um, parade will be better? Right, so what I... But, Celebration? But it's not just... It's, it's, it's the people involved. Is, yes. Yeah. The players themselves. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs will be pretty, pretty tuned up, too. I, I think the Aces well, Willie is right. I mean, it was, that, was that was entertaining, and especially uh, with Darren Waller sitting in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Aces, the like, Aces was like, fun because it was a complete and total train wreck. It was like it was. It was, awesome. it was what is this? Right. What is happening right, right now? Right. Um, and it will be a little bit in the in the Chiefs too. But I, I mean, look, it's tough to match what's going to be, you know, in a ma- a Ooh. big time championship. <laughs> there's no comparison. Right. Just, there's just not. I don't know what the proper term is. We decided major sport is not a thing anymore. Oh yeah. Number three. Uh, wrong player got the MVP? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I think so. But it was close to being Nick Bolton if, if the touchdown stands, which it was the correct call. It shouldn't have. But, which touchdown? Um, the, the second defensive touchdown that Bolton had, uh, he probably would have been the MVP if he scores two defensive touchdowns. Um, but he, I mean, he was he played really, really well. Didn't hit his prop total, by the way, of uh, total tackles in the game, which was bet from nine and a half to ten and a half, and he finished at nine. <laughs> Uh, so he, but he had an unbelievable game. He was great. I know it's not popular. Jalen Hurts was the MVP of that game. He absolutely was. And it's not gonna like we don't do that. We don't, Losing don't, teams almost never get the. I don't the MVP. I don't understand. I think we need to have parameters for the award if we're gonna make this determinations. But you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a better player. He was the better no player question. up and down the field for both teams the entire game. Didn't win, didn't pull through, but he was the better player. Yeah. Mahomes is a better player than Jalen Hurts. No problem with that. I agree. I'll yeah. scream that. Mahomes is the best quarterback we've ever seen. But Jalen Hurts was the most valuable player in that game yesterday. So the, why those would I give words. It to Those words. He was the most valuable player to his team yesterday, 100%. Said the same thing to the people I was watching with. I was like, you know, we're never going to see a losing team have the MVP, but Jalen Hurts has been the most valuable player to his team today. Yeah. If I was to throw in a wild one, it could be Kadarius Tony, based on the punt return and how big it was at the moment. He scored a touchdown, and he also served as a decoy at different times throughout the second half, and that's really what allowed the Chiefs to just make Jonathan Gannon look like a hack, the D.C. for the Eagles. Yeah, and, and it was something that they picked up uh, from a game earlier this season that they watched. I believe it was the Jaguars game that they played that uh, – they looked at and said, oh, look at, the, look at Philly overcommitting on these jet sweeps. We can take advantage of that. And they set it up throughout the entire game and then used it twice to perfection. Although they're, they're, the uh, the do-si-do spin huddle that they broke out against the Raiders didn't work as well yeah. as they hoped that, in that game. You bring up the punt return. It's funny. That happened. And, and, and I said to I, – I looked at, at my friends. I said, dang, and I got that defensive special team I, every, every year. And then it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. I already won that damn bet. 
It didn't talk to me. Yeah. I didn't really. I wasn't. I was so focused in on the game itself. You know what I'm saying? I was so focused on just. It didn't. I didn't dawn on my bets, and I had left the tickets in my car, so I had went out and got them. <laughs> Could have, that was not the case. Could be watching the games with me and JVT and just not enjoy it because it's just literally every play we're scoring props and yeah. oh that was the over that was the under that this is one going, the yeah. entire yeah. game. Yeah. Can we also point out Kadarius Tony is a prime example of why the Chiefs are awesome. They have so many pieces on their team who played in that game yesterday that other teams didn't want or overlooked between seventh round running backs, McKinnon coming off the scrap heap. We'll get to his slide, which is one of the f- most fun moments in the history of big games in the NFL. I mentioned Pacheco. I mentioned McKinnon. The Giants gave Kadarius Tony a couple of years, and because they had horses' asses running the organization, and as a head coach, they bailed on him, and the Chiefs were like, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll roll the dice on whatever, the 21st pick in the draft from a couple of years ago, and then look what he does in the Super Bowl. I'm not dis- I'm not arguing your point with you. I'll, I'll just, I will say, because Kadarius Tony is a guy I absolutely loved coming out of college, and I thought, hey, any team could use this guy. But it's not, it's not necessarily, hey, the Chiefs just – saying, hey, look, that's a guy that can be used. It's the Chiefs can use a guy like that, right? I mean, uh, could the Giants have used him in those same ways if they would have kept him? I I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just the way that he fits in with the Chiefs was much more valuable to the Chiefs than he would have been any other team. Number one. Adam on the officiating. Congrats, refs. (laughs) They want their moment in the sun. They get it. But I honestly don't think that's what it is. Like, again, it was the right call. The debate isn't whether that was the right call. The debate is you can call that all the time. Why do you choose that moment to finally call it? Right. When clearly Juju was held so obviously on a play in the first half, you're like, no, nah, we're not going to call that today. And then now late in the game, like, okay, we're going to call it this time. So it was a penalty. It absolutely was a penalty. But is, is that them inserting themselves in the biggest moment of the game? To say, hey, look, we haven't had that huge of an impact on this one. I saw people. This is another. I saw people say the game was so well officiated at that point. Why? Because they didn't throw flags. That's what your. That's what your definition of well officiated is. If there's a penalty, throw the flag. That's good officiating. Not 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 calling anything and just saying that's good officiating. That you didn't call anything. That's that's a silly way to evaluate a game. And Bradbury said after the game. Kind of what fans think, too. He said, I held him. Yeah. I did. Like, I was hoping to get away with it. And that's the key part. <laughs> Say it again. I was hoping to get away with it. Yeah. Which, if you don't make the call, then you are contributing to the outcome in a different way. And if I were a defensive player, I might start to think, hey, in the big moments, I can do what I want, right? Yeah. Could you, so, of course, that's, I'm that's going to grab and roll the dice. Why not? Because, frankly, I, I'm probably beat here. This is my chance to save myself. I heard somebody uh, on the radio this morning saying, you know, unless unless you're ripping a limb off somebody, you don't call anything in that situation. So, what? Now we're just going to say, uh, if, you, if you're defending on the last drive of the game, go ahead and grab and pull and drag them down, whatever you want to do. Because we're not going to call anything in that situation. That's not determining games. Defensive players think like think through this process. A lot of them do, and so do coaches. Good, Willie. I wonder because he said what he said. Like, yes, I he he made mention of the the jersey tug, yeah. and he hoped he got away with it. But before he grabbed it, he would he his he, he had his hand around his waist. He had his hip. Mm-hmm. He grabbed his hip. Then he was going to get beat. So that's why he grabbed it. 
do you think if he doesn't grab the jersey, he gets away with Probably. the hit? Probably. Probably. That was, that was, was being t- allowed the whole game. We know that. It's it's when you actually pull the jersey and pull it away from the from the body. Right. They're gonna call it almost every time. He probably would have got away with it if Mahomes didn't throw in that direction. They probably just would have let it go. That's true. And what have we said about defensive players in terms of attitude if they know they can get away with it? Like, you, you used to say it all the time about the Seahawks. How do the Legion of Boom operate out there? They would they would hold and knock people down every single play and just challenge the refs. Are you going to call You're going to call this 38 times today? I'm going to commit 38 defensive holdings. Yep. Are you going to call it 38 times? Probably not. I swear that that thought about the Seahawks came to my head watching UNLV in San Diego State. Uh, Brian Dutcher, their head coach, now complains as much as anyone in the conference to the officials. And they play the roughest style. His players are all reacting the same way. Every call they shoot a look or complain. But I think their attitude is like, hey, we're going to brutalize the other team. They're not going to, what are they going to do? Call 50 fouls on us? Let's just do it. But you, you have to make the calls. The, the refs can't look at the clock and look at time and place and go, I'm not going to do it here. No, that's not. Defend cleanly. Because it's, it's similar to me in the MMA and boxing world of, hey, you, you have to beat a champion. You can't win a, a verdict against them. Sorry, that you can. You can, you can win on the scorecards against them. That's part of the rules of the game. Now, I've said repeatedly through the show that the Eagles got their defensive pants coached off. They really did. We'll explain what the Chiefs decided to do at the half and how they completely screwed things up. And for all the Eagles fans who are complaining, like, did you see how many open uh, Chiefs receivers there were on some of these touchdowns? Yeah, there was a reason. The field was one thing, but coaching was the other. For the first time in 29 years, the UNLV Lady Rebels are back in the AP Top 25 as today the rankings came out and they are number 23. And yesterday at the Fertitta Tennis Complex, the UNLV men's tennis team won its sixth straight match by completing a four-love sweep over UC San Diego. Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights in case you missed it. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Wait, that was real? He did that? Chris Berman, working the Super Bowl. So, that's all I got on that. Just, it's, it's silliness. Uh, the total haul for betting on the Super Bowl in the state of Nevada, $153.1 million. That just came in a little while ago. The win was $11.2 million, so the hold around 7.3%. So, pretty good hold for this state. I'm sure there's other states that won, you know, freaking 10% or more because of what they offer and the betting hackishness of a lot of new gamblers. So the number is down from last year, though, when it was almost $180 million. The year before that, it was only like 136 So anything out of 153 that you guys have? No, I'd like to talk to some people and find out exactly what they think. But I, my initial thought, which could be wrong, I think – People are always going to come to Vegas to bet no matter what, and I don't think widespread gambling is going to hurt Vegas in that regard. But I think in a, in a situation like this where you have a lot of people that might be the you know, 100000 200000 even million-dollar better, you don't have to come to Vegas to do that anymore. So I think we might lose out on some of those, but I think people are still going to come here to bet all the props and enjoy the experience and do all that all that stuff. So maybe that has a little bit to do with the – the overall handle being down a little bit. You, you wipe out some of those major, major bets, but 
um, I think it's still a pretty good day. I'm reading a story on CNBC. It says that GeoComply, a company that verifies the locations where gamblers are betting, saw 100 million sports betting transactions this Super Bowl weekend, an increase of 25% over last year. In and around State Farm Stadium in Glendale, more than 100,000 transactions were verified on Sunday. So the proximity probably hurt us too. Probably, because I wonder how many people just said, we don't need to go to Vegas this year. Let's go down there. The weather's nice. We'll hang out. We can just make bets there. We're okay. They want $11 million. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anything's shutting down. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't anything think is, is either. We'll be good Thursday, right? We get, we're for our remote. Right? I hope. Okay. I hope. I hope. I don't think it's going to shut down. So what do you make of what I've been saying all show long about the Chiefs coaching staff at the break? Really doing a number on the Eagles defense. I saw a really good breakdown by Bill Barnwell of ESPN talking about how much of the success of the Chiefs was due to using the jet sweep a lot and the threat of the jet sweep. In fact, it set up at least three of the touchdowns. And I also, you know what, I hadn't hadn't put this on our rundown, but the fact that you guys were so strong on the field being jacked up, do you think they're that advanced? Where they're like, mm, jet sweep? Guys going in motion, defenders have to make decisions. Oh, and they don't have great traction either. Possibly. Well, they might have also just got lucky. Like I said, the, the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Eagles, you know, made a big deal about changing their cleats. Yeah. And switching it up. And that might not have helped. It might have been the wrong, the wrong switch. Except you, just because you switch doesn't mean you're switching to the right ones. And, you know, while the extra time may have helped Kansas City, in fact, the players after the game cited the extra time. They were like, yeah, normal halftime? We don't have the time to talk about the things we talked about, and we did. Mm. The Eagles maybe thought way too much and way too long about changing their cleats. Like, that's possible, too. Um, so you, you never know how, how those things are going to go. Sometimes the extra time doesn't help. The Chiefs converted almost 94% of their first downs into another first down or a touchdown. I mean, that's about a perfect first or second half. Yeah, they were, they were unbelievable after halftime. There's no question. A second half, zero penalties, zero turnovers, zero punts, zero sacks allowed. One incompletion, and it was a throwaway. Yeah, and, and against a monster defense. And and if you're thinking, yeah, everybody knew that was coming, or something like that, along those lines. Look, I I can tell you, unfortunately, I had one app operating yesterday, and I couldn't get into it. And me and John sat there and said, "Oh my God, the Chiefs are plus five fifty right now because Mahomes got hurt. It was a ten point game. Chiefs were plus five fifty. Couldn't make the bet, <sighs> but we still were were stunned that." You know, people were getting so carried away and, and so out of control that the Eagles had won the game already. Uh, that was definitely not the case. I feel like you can't get good comeback numbers for the Chiefs anymore. Well, it was because Mahomes. So the fear that he might be really jacked up. Yeah, he was well, limping the, off the field. Yeah, I mean, they were, he was limping off the field. They're giving the ball back. It was before halftime, and it was plus 550. I mean, there are so many times I go to bet the Chiefs with a comeback chance, and I'm like, this price sucks. Yeah. Or, the, or the point spread sucks. Yeah, that was, I mean... I, I I had facetiously, I knew that they were going to go back there. I mean, I, I now I will say that I didn't expect him to come back, especially when he broke off that run to sort of make an emphatic statement in the second half. But I facetiously tweeted said that's a wrap. But I mean, I didn't think it was a wrap. They're down by ten. They've been here before. This is the experience. This is the second half team that we spoke of. It's the team that I spoke of yesterday in my preview show that. 
I said the Eagles are going to dominate the first half. I had said that. I had predicted the, the, the score because I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. I said 13-3, to three, some weird, quirky number, and then the Chiefs are going to win this game by three. Didn't expect it to be as high-scoring as it was, but uh, plus 550, I, I mean, that's... I don't, I don't know if you're going to see me, something like that again. Me and John were actually looking for live Chad Henney MVP numbers. <laughs> he found one. <laughs> Did he really? It dropped, it dropped significantly during that commercial really? break. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Gannon's going to interview with the Cardinals. He's the defensive coordinator. They obviously had a disastrous second half against an all-time great uh, coaching staff. I'm not going to say that. This this group of offensive players is an all-time great group. Tyreek Hill was a big part of it the last couple of years. You think the Cardinals well, are going to ask him what his plan is to do with their trash field? Uh, maybe. Uh, but if you're interviewing Jonathan Gannon and you ask him, what happened yesterday? You guys were terrible in the second half. I mean, they – Jet sweep. Make the adjustment. What what answer do you want from Gannon? Do you just want him to go, you know what? I blew it. You just want an honest answer like, yeah, I'd like to be super self-critical? What do you want? What do you want to hear? Yeah. I, I, look, I, I always I, wonder what these what like what goes into these interviews that wows football management. I hear whatever, whatever is real, whatever's true. I mean, I, we don't know exactly what their discussion was, what their thought was. If if the Chiefs knew that they had something with those, you know, fake motions and that they just didn't do it much in the first half knowing that they would save it for the second half or knowing they could implement it if they had to in the second half and they didn't want they didn't want again the experience thing they know there's going to be a super long halftime and you say well if we do this much in the first half they're going to adjust in the second half cuz they have so much time to do this so we're not going to do it in the first half we're going to do it in the second and that maybe the, the eagles were caught off guard by hey that's a way longer time to adjust than it usually is again from whatever 14 minutes to 29 is a, is a massive change so it works, works so brilliantly. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's possible. Whatever whatever he thinks it is. What you know, if he thinks it was on the on a player, was it one player's responsibility? Because they're running to each side, so it wouldn't necessarily be one player. You would think. Um, but is it a, is it a player that was making the wrong decisions in those situations? Is it a scheme that hey, we knew we were susceptible to this, and they just weren't doing it, so we were okay, so we didn't have to adjust on it. Who knows? But I would like to hear whatever he thinks the real truth is. It's got to be a sickening feeling on the sidelines. Yeah, when you can't fix it in time, and you just kept getting you know beat by the same sort of action, and you watch it happen once, and you're probably thinking, "Well, all right, they're, yeah, they they have that it. play, they, they have that it. play in the book. They're not going to do it again, right?" And they just run keep, it to the other keep, side. Keep doing it. Yeah, was they, I'm they, sure there we were a lot were prepared of prepared so much yep. for that rope the around the around the carousel yeah. huddle, and we we sniffed it out perfectly <laughs> and defended it. They got nothing left. Was your favorite moment, I don't know if Willie was into this, the McKinnon slide? Well, it was my favorite moment. I, I had a bet on McKinnon to go over receiving yards, 22 and a half, and he landed on 15. Hmm. But uh, I thought I just thought it was a, a brilliant play. I thought the, the intelligence in the, in the fact that he could have just ran in, yep. taken the, ta- to, to say he scored a touchdown, but the wherewithal not only to slide and not go in, but to stay in bounds. Both sides. With thinking man's football, because I believe uh-huh. that the Eagles were like, what was there, 145 left? Right. They were, were going to let him go. My, right. friend, my, friend, my friend says to me, he's like, they should just let him go in and get the ball back. Like, just like, get this over with. And I'm watching the Eagles defenders on the, on the you know, as it turned out, we're, we're watching, you know, on the far side of the field. I'm like, they're not busting hump to freaking get uh-huh. over there. Right. And then 
McKin- I wonder if McKinnon was like, oh, you're not going to tackle me? Slide. No, I, I think it was done in the huddle. I think oh, it was done God. on both sides yeah. in the huddle. And, and so awesome. And then, and then I don't know if you, I don't know if you've, you, you know, you probably weren't following me on Twitter, but I just did like McKinnon slide search, and it was just like rigged. Why yeah. did he do that? That was stupid, idiot. Like, well, I, I know it's brilliant. As as yeah. he started to go to the left side, and me and JVT are like, go down, go down, go down, go down, go down. And then people were like, what? What? Like, yes. Yes. The right move, obvious. It's not like to me when we talk about oh, great strategy, brilliant. Like no, it's it's the obvious play. It's the one you have to make. Right. Now again, but it's not always moment, made. No, but in the moment, and the average fan doesn't understand. In the moment, it. it's tough it for is. a player if you yeah. haven't talked about it. But to me, they talked about it. That both sides did after that penalty. The game's yeah. over unless something crazy happens. Yeah. Crazy would be scoring. Like why would you do that? Or or some other thing that that goes down. So yes, the, he had to do it. He had to go down. The Chiefs had to talk about it. The Eagles had to talk about it on their side. Both teams did the right thing, and the Eagles were just in a great – or excuse me, the Chiefs were in a great spot right there where they had such an advantage. But if McKinney goes in, it's a total disaster. And Butker could have kicked the ball straight into the center of her end and missed the field goal. Sure. And we'd still come in today and go, that was the right move. Of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. But there's other people – I mean, you're like absolutely. You know, there's a lot of other people who'd be like, uh, "Well, yeah, could have no, scored of course. a touchdown." <laughs> of course, especially the Eagles are guaranteed. No, they definitely. I mean, there would have been people. You know, the outcry would have been huge, but nevertheless, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it makes it, sense. And it's, it's along the same lines, I heard people say, "Oh, the call, the call doesn't decide the game. He still has to make the field goal." By the way, shut up. If, if you're that person, shut up. It, it, no, that's that's a ridiculous comment to make. Of course, when they made the call, the game was over. The game ended on the call. That did decide the game. <laughs> Again, it was the right call, but it, it that was when the game ended. And when the Chiefs made the right move by going down. Tomorrow night, afternoon, we're on the road. We'll be out at the Thomas Mac getting ready for uh, UNLV and San Jose State. A little later in the show, we'll get to a, a weekend update of what happened around the Mountain West Conference. Welcome to Duncan and New Special. Duncan Run, medium or large coffee, get a donut for an incremental dollar. Well, well, like, how can it be this inexpensive and oh. good? I'm just going to have to just give you 10 munchkins. You look a little lost. One second, I'm trying to find the bagels. Do I look familiar? Oh. Should I be in it or do you want just this self-portrait? What are you doing here? Harris me if I Is this what you do when you say you're going to work all day? I got to go, guys. Grab me a glaze. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Willie, what'd you think? I didn't see that one. Duncan Benifer. I didn't see that one. <laughs> Sorry. It was probably, I was probably up getting food where I was at. I didn't see a lot of them. I didn't like, see a lot not, of them. We're not doing a whole bunch of I just ran over. I mean, I, it was, um, the place I was at, it was hard. You know, like Adam said it beforehand, you, to find the perfect spot, you got basically got to be at home or have a party where you're actually betting right. or you have bets on the commercials. Otherwise, it's Armageddon. Oh yeah, right. Well, yeah, you get. You know, I was like I said, I, I was probably getting up and getting food. But when you put it in the rundown, and I, I looked at it, I was like, "Wait a minute, they made a commercial." Because it's funny. Because the one thing that's going out about them right now that's viral is the little scene that they made at the Grammys. You saw that video? No, I didn't. So I don't know what's going on with so, them. I thought so they he, were together. So, People so he, were suggesting like they're about to split again. I don't well, know. Well, he had a sour puss on, and she oh, turns geez. around and looks at him and says something to the effect of something. They had a. They actually had a lip reading and analyzer where she said, "Stop it right now." She turns Ooh. around, and then you see her look at the camera that's that's zeroing in on them arguing, and then she turns away. So when you said when you said that, I was like, "Oh, that was made before the Grammys." Hmm. Probably. Yeah. When things were good. 
Well, they could joke around. She wanted a glazed. Yeah. Apparently that's her favorite donut, so that's good. I shot over. You saw me just now. I shot over behind you to go to my uh, my backpack because I actually made – I was keeping notes more than the game of commercials for today's show. Did, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you think, I, do you we'll probably still be doing this on Wednesday. Do you think she's ever actually been to Duncan? No. No. Definitely she's, not. That's what said, I thought, too. I'm like, this is – like, you have to be a hell of an actress to pull this one off. Yeah. She's like, what's this place called? What kind of – like, what's your favorite donut? What what do they have? Uh, please right. tell me. I don't know. If you're a New Englander, do you take that commercial as a compliment with the the just horrific accent by Affleck? It's his real accent. Maybe at one point it was. He's lost it. So, random side note: I uh, was I had dinner with somebody in in uh, Arizona who was on TV and speaks very well, very normal. Uh-oh. And found out that she was from this town I'm from in Maryland. And I was like, you don't talk like a Maryland person at she all. She go right and into it? She went right into it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And she said, yeah, it cost a lot of money to get rid of this thing. It cost a lot of yeah. money? She said, yeah, she had to do a lot of studies and a lot of uh, really? teachers and wow. acting coaches. So I, thought, I don't think you ever actually lose it. Wow. I think you just learn how to speak more professionally. Because so Maryland th- is the worst accent It's really bad. Yeah. Is the last time we heard a good Boston accent from Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting? I mean, like all time. I'm not sure. I don't it's, know. His, it's his real. It's his real voice. When they they go into it, he's he's pretty good at doing it. Has he done it? In, has he been, hasn't he been in a movie since then that was, like was feature was uh, yeah wasn't was it placed in New England? Well, was, it, was uh, it Gone Girl? Was is that the movie? Wait, it's uh, something along those lines. I can't remember. He did. He was like a Boston guy. Yeah. Like a yeah. Street guy. Yeah, you can do it pretty easily. Well, and there's the one where it was isn't it? It takes place in Boston. The one where the 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 scene that's on TikTok and reels, and where he comes in, and he says, "I'm going to need your help. We're going to hurt some people. You can't ask any questions." I like it. It, I was, like it, it was it was Gone Girl. It was in it. Um. So so, I wrote down a couple that I that I really liked. I liked the flag football one with the with the girls. I liked the uh, was, was Duarte in that. Yeah. Uh, the Amazon one with dogs. There was a lot of dogs incorporated. Into, Always. Into, yeah. But the Amazon one was cool where you thought that they were going to get rid of one and then the kennel shows up. And I kind of dug the rock star one. Stop calling people rock star. But your favorite yeah. was Miles Teller? It was. Oh. With his wife. Waiting on hold and just dancing a lot? Yeah. Do you not like Miles Teller? Oh, he's a despicable person. Oh, sorry. yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't like the using that to sell. It. Like, hey, I'm normal. You're not. You're just a, a terrible person. Well, I want more on this on the way back. JBT's coming up. We'll get the uh, look at the results of all the prop. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting with John Von Tobel. So Rihanna didn't get paid yesterday for that halftime. Vegas is upcoming, so you got all the you know the dopey poll questions about who's going to play here next year for halftime. I don't think there's anyone who really has Vegas ties that they can feature at halftime next year. So it's got to be a megastar. Would the NFL hesitate at all if Taylor Swift is one of the reasons that the whole ticket structure gets just comes crashing down because of her going after uh, via the feds, Ticketmaster? <laughs> Like, would they hold it against her? 
Maybe. I'm not I'm not a T Swift person, as you know, but this I'm sure she cares. This has really put her in my good graces. I love this. The whole system needs a change. She's fighting for the good of the people. I had a suggestion yesterday, and it's not been 25 years since. Uh, John Von Tobel's with us. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. First of all, did you like Rihanna? Uh, no, I loved her. She okay. was spectacular. Um, did you get I, did I you thought... get sucked in because of the baby stuff? Did no, that help? not really. That the cherry on top. No, I, I thought she was just awesome. Like I thought the choreography was cool. I actually I thought the underrated part of it was the uh, the camera work. You know, whatever the term is for that. Um, I, is it cinematography? Sure. Um, but the way that it was shot, I thought was really well done. She, her energy was really great. She's got a really good catalog too. So like her, the songs were fantastic. Um, no, I thought she was awesome. Me and John were also part of a discussion, a hot take discussion that not, not based on halftime show performance, just overall Rihanna is absolutely better than Beyonce in general. Yeah, I think I'm there. I, I think part of the reason why we think that though is also mm. like, like desire because we haven't heard from Rihanna in that way in a really long time. And a lot of people have wanted it right. New album tour, things like that. You know, uh, what's the thing, whatever makes the heart grow fonder, but better, better bangers. Definitely Rihanna. Oh yeah. Like top level bangers. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. What does that mean? Like, like songs you're like, Oh so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this hits. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I, I can, uh, I can jump on board with that. Two reasons. One, I'm a big Rihanna fan. Number two, I'm not as high on Beyonce when people label her and call her queen. I, it irritates me. <laughs> that to, turns you off. So yeah, another, because another one of the women who won't let you look at her in the eye. I, I don't care. That's why you uh, hate Prince, right? I Willie? just, I just don't like what. There's what. That's why you hate Prince, right? You hate. Stop it! Stop it right now. Oh, uh, so that's okay. All right. Uh, sure. Beyonce, I, I don't. I just don't like the fact that she's she's reveled the way that she is when if Aaliyah. R.I.P. was still around, she'd crush everybody. Okay. And, and, right. and, and, and we, she, we get carried away with that because she died young. <laughs> it might not have happened. She might have wrong. flamed out you're completely. Wrong. You're wrong. Uh, you're, also, you're wrong also, because you're wrong. I, I was listening there's to also, her since she came out. There's also Queen Riri, by the way. So, like, the, that one. I've never even heard Queen Riri. Yeah. I've always just oh, heard it's Riri. Thing. It's a thing. So I've never I, even heard it. I, <laughs> before Aaliyah was, uh, passed away, it was, it, I mean, it, it, she was the hype. She was it. She was. I mean, we, everybody thought back then she's going to carry it, carry the torch. So, I'm just not. I'm just not big on on how high people put Beyonce on the pedestal. So I'm 100 percent on your guys' take on Rihanna being better. John, <laughs> yes. fading fading Patrick Mahomes was a good plan. Yes or no? Yes or no? With the props? Yes or no? With the props? Oh, I mean, it depends on what you're looking at. Like, yeah. I had over on rushing, and he like yeah, yeah. totally destroyed it. Uh, longest rush, total rushing yards, uh, passing yards. I, see, here's the weird thing, though, Steve, right? Like, so you can look at the result and just go, yes. Like, fading Patrick Mahomes was the way to go. But like, even from a passing yard standpoint, like, the, part of the reason why he had such a bad first half wasn't even a bad first half. He just never had the ball. Like, that was part of the Eagles' game plan was to run the clock down. I was going to say shot clock. I'm watching basketball. Run the play clock down to zero and snap it. I think he they had the ball, what, three total possessions right. in the first half? But that could like, be that could be part of the handicap, mm -hmm. too, that the Eagles are a time of possession team. I mean, it could be, but at the same time, when he actually had the ball, the rate of success was insane, yeah. right? Like, when he, when he had the ball, the percentage, like, the efficiency at which they moved was absolutely incredible. So, I, I guess, sure, like, maybe that was probably – 
like a really good idea. I think it's all just in the like the way that you evaluate it and what you did. I think if you were fading him from an overall production standpoint, which the market kind of kind of wasn't right. I mean, the rushing yards went over, rushing attempts went over, like in terms of the movement before the game started. Um, all of those things they all went to the over. So I think generally he had a good day. But you know, part of you, I mean, you're right. Like part of the game plan was keep him off the field. Now it's successful, and thus he goes under. Flip side hurts. Monster game. Oh, it was it was crazy, and it, like I. I was impressed because there were a couple that they were he was just throwing up jump balls, right? Like the AJ Brown touchdown. Yep. Like if that's played correctly by the DB, that is an interception 100% of the way. But some of those other throws, like you know, Adam and I were shocked that the Goddard catch on the sideline was ruled to catch. That throw was incredible. Like he put it only where Goddard could get it. Um, some of the other throws downfield, I think it was a Devonta Smith throw that he uh, completed where he had a dude in his face as he was going backwards and puts it right on the money where it needs to go. Like little things like that. I thought Hertz was incredible, and yes, he had, he had an amazing day. Um, so I was like, I was kind of wrong, right? Like I thought that that like if you watched him in the Giants playoff game, if you watched him in that 49ers NFC Championship game, there's no question he did not play well. But that did not carry over into that Super Bowl. He was incredible. JVT, I um, did all right. I didn't go crazy on props. So before I turn it over to Adam, because I know you guys were together and had a ton of props, I was the one I was stunned at, and I was dead wrong. Um, Frank Clark, all sack props out the window. I thought for sure, I mean, the all-time postseason sack leader, and he comes away zilch. I mean, I think everybody was wrong, Willie, in general, about the sacks totally, right? There was, there well, was I a like lot the of under. I'm sorry to cut you off. I, liked, I did think the under would come in. I just thought that Clark would get one. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a read on Clark. And, and look, this Eagles offensive line is incredible in both facets, right? Both run blocking and pass blocking, and that really showed off. Um, and I think that's you know, part of the reason why Clark there and you know, look, Jalen Hurts is a mobile guy. I mean, how many times did we see that he was running backwards in the pocket and guys were taking bad angles on him and he still wasn't able uh, to get taken down? The one sack uh, was the ridiculous one, right, where he's actually yeah. just pushed out of bounds right before he gets to the line of scrimmage. Hmm. And that's a sack. So I think that was a really big credit to Hurts and his mobility as opposed to like Clark in this front for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs not really playing that well. But I got to say, like, both offensive lines were incredible. And I heard a lot about this Chiefs offensive line being overrated. Um, they are not. If you looked at the percentage of pressures allowed and, like, who you blame, essentially, by pro football focus, Patrick Mahomes had a lot of issues in terms of inviting pressure himself. This offensive line was one of the better ones in the National Football League all year long. But it just goes unheralded because it's not part of the narrative, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is incredible. They were great yesterday. They were absolutely phenomenal for a guy who was on a bum ankle. And they did a tremendous job. Uh Obviously, a lot was going on yesterday. A lot of props were coming in. A lot of props were missing, and we were following them all throughout the game. But how much did you have on the octopus, John? You definitely hit that bet. <laughs> uh, I had nothing on the octopus. Oh, which, John. And it's also one of those where it's like, hey, that's a fun one. I should put something on it. But I'm like, nah, not really. And you know what? You guys can kill me for this. This might be hindsight. But, like, the Eagles are that team, right? Like, it would make total sense that that would happen for. Because they do that quarterback sneak so freaking well that if they get a play on the one-yard line when they're in a scenario that says go for two after you score a touchdown, like that, that Jalen Hurts would be the guy to do it. Like Once yeah. it happened, I was sitting there going, it makes so much sense that this would happen for the Philadelphia Eagles. I figured like if you were playing that, it had to be Philly, and that was the case. But it just goes back to how good they are and what they do with Jalen Hurts. And like, you know, we talk so much about the players. I thought for the most part, both coaches were relatively solid. Right, like over, I give them over a ninety in terms of their grade. 
um, if we're scaling on 100 because both were great in terms of the play calling, in terms of the execution. Little things here and there near the end of the game. Sirianni decided to kick a field goal. Andy Reid not going for two. I think those are things you can quibble with. But for the most part, both these guys were awesome. And I thought that showed kind of tying into that octopus thing, Adam. But like that, 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 that rugby scrum that they pull off is brilliant. And it allowed them to pull off the octopus. And it's also, as you know, we should, I guess, point out for people that might not know, it's if the same player scores a touchdown and a two-point conversion – that's the octopus, and there was the prop on the that same it would play. happen. On yeah. the same touchdown. Yeah, on the same yeah. touchdown. Uh, and it was 29 Super Bowls since the two-point conversion has been in place. It has never happened. And uh, that prop was up, and it hit yesterday, uh, which was pretty wild uh, to, kind of, to kind of watch that go down. But it never happened, and it happened. And to your point, it's also because the Eagles are more likely than most teams to go for two. So, like, that would also add to not just the fact that these hurts the way they do, but that they're actually going to go for it. Yep. And man, it was just and brilliant too. Like, how many times did they do, did they line up in that rugby scrum thing? Like eight times. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just it felt like every time they were doing it, they were just going to nope. This is going to be converted. It, it was wild watching them operate. The other thing is, and and you know, game script had a lot to do with this and how it played out. But like some of the props that you look at and say, oh, Eagles will definitely have more rushing yards. Chief will definitely have more passing yards. And the, the, those how those are how the props were priced. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how it worked out. No, and one of the things that I like, I came out a little on top yesterday. I'm not like a prophet to run screaming the Twitter about and tweet emojis. <laughs> um, but like one of the things that I got right out to your point, uh, I was really surprised the market was really big on Miles Sanders. Like there was there were a lot of indicators in the games and weeks leading up that Sanders just wasn't right. Like he was wearing a knee brace for a couple of games. His carries were really down. And there were a lot of people that were making the argument, well, yeah, they were blowing out the opponents, so of course they're not going to use him. I'm like, well, that's a sign that he's injured, right? Like, we don't want to use him because he's a little banged up. And Miles Sanders, yeah, I mean, he did not get the most carries, I think, eventually for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was Gainwell. Gainwell got robbed of a touchdown. That was ridiculous. Um, but ultimately, Adam, like to your point, I was playing some running backs outside of Miles Sanders being the Gainwell for the Philadelphia Eagles because I figured that was going to be the case. Now, I also played it because I didn't think that they were going to be in a position to want to establish the run, and I guess I was kind of right because Jalen Hurts was just slinging it all over the place. Uh, but I was um, I was somebody who bet under on Miles Sanders stuff but was surprised about how ineffective he was and overall their rushing attack was outside Hurts. John Von Tobel, VSIN. He's our uh, gambling insider on Mondays. Next year's odds are out for uh, the winner of the 2024 Super Bowl here in Vegas. We got a long shot on the list that we like. We're going to do a little speculation with where Aaron Rodgers can land. Um, Packers are 33 to 1. Uh, Jets are 25. Miami is 28 to 1. Denver's now 25 to 1. Anyone in that group that you would roll the dice on, or you just go favorites? And we have Sam Paniotovich on Tuesdays. He's like, just bet the Chiefs every year. Uh, I mean, you could, right? It sounds like a pretty good shot. At least they're going to get to the AFC Championship game. Five to one. I, I, I mean, you know what? If you're going middle of the pack, I think Sean Payton's a really good coach, right? Like, And, and this whole mm. conversation of Russ being broken and unfixable, we have a larger sample size of data that says he's really good, right? As opposed to, you know, the last two years in which he's been on the decline and this last year, which was absolutely abysmal. That's still a really good defensive team. And if you're getting a head coach like Sean Payton in there to kind of fix that whole thing up and to get Russ to buy in and kick his coaches out of the building, at 30-1 to 1 for a team that I think is probably – I haven't checked what their opponents is. The strength of schedule is also a big part of it because, remember, the Eagles had one of the easiest strength of schedules this year. That's going to be a big part of it. But I would not say no to Denver at 30-1. to 1. Anyone else? Ravens you asking are 20, me? Ravens are 25. Yeah. No, I was asking I mean, the guys here. They got, no. they got real quiet. Kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah Ra- Ravens, Ravens are twenty five. I think that's good. 
I, 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 I'm sitting here. I, I'm, I'm sitting. Right. I'm, I'm sitting John, I'm, no, John listen, I'm watching it. I'm flabbergasted. I'm sitting here know. looking. I'm sitting here looking. Good thing at the it's lines. not an audio medium, guys. I don't know. I'm, what that I'm is. sitting here I'm looking. I'm just waiting. At, okay, so now we'll all talk at once. I, I'm looking in the right near the top, but sort of down. Uh, 49ers Bengals eight to one and nine to one. It wouldn't shock me to you know. I mean, because everyone was saying 49ers could have very easily been there. Brock Purdy didn't get injured. I I would say here's my simplistic view on this. There's always a newcomer to the party, it seems, every year, right? Like Philly this year burst onto the scene. They were awesome preseason. They were about 30 to 1. Year before that was the Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, who did what they did and made that run. Uh, I think when you're kind of looking around, like you always want to look generally in some long shots because strength of schedule is going to be easier for those teams because of the way they finished the year before. They're obviously going to be a little bit better, and I would try to find that team that is going to be like the new kid on the block for the next season. Jaguars, 25 to 1. John, we appreciate it. Thank you. Good to talk to you guys. See ya. There he is. John Von Tobel from the one, the only VEASAN. Yeah, I still like the Packers 33 to 1 because I'm starting to feel more and more like whenever. Is this dark thing over yet? The, the, the dark cleanse, the dark room, is it over? Oh, he's going in Wednesday. Want to speak again? Go ahead. He's going in Wednesday.